Welcome to Project Monolith. Today I have a special guest. His name is Nate and he used to work for Monsanto. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation, but please be aware Nate was on the phone. There is some background noise. But anyway, we're going to join the conversation just after our introduction. I hope you enjoy it. When I heard you'd, you'd work for Monsanto, that immediately pricked my interest, obviously. But and, and to be fair, I only really know what I know about Monsanto is really what you, you pick up on the in the app realm. So it's only it's only in the last week or so I've been doing a bit more digging in, into them. And what I have noticed, I don't know if you've seen any, that since uh, Bayer took them over, like a big push to try and put a nice face on Monsanto. Oh, yeah. Are they changing the name? something is it well i think they keep i think they're still keeping the name and the uh the logo the same but it's kind of like they're doing all the pr marketing trying to make it look you know look at a different company because now bayer owns it mm-hmm. so uh putting a nice face on there but it doesn't take much digging to look in the background to see you know they've got themselves into so much trouble in the past and some of the things they've been involved in so i mean how, how um when was it you was actually working for him now? So how long ago was this? Uh, it was January 2008, and I worked there for two years, until February 2010. Right, so it wasn't that really that long ago, was it? And for a couple of years as well? Yeah. Your work time aside, what's your overall take on the Monsanto company? Like a general take on it? Uh, just it was a giant company. And Monsanto originally was a very huge, diverse chemical company. But by the time I started working for them, they only had, they whittled themselves down and there were just two divisions. They were the GMO crops they made, the corn and soybeans, and then the Roundup side, the chemical side that, you know, they applied to those. So it was just a giant company and it was like split down the middle, kind of, too. They certainly haven't done themselves any favors. I'm actually watching um, a video earlier on on the protests that, that were going on in the in the states and it seemed like a lot of the stuff didn't make it into the um into the media so into the mainstream and it was just the odd station that, and, and people on youtube were up up in these um protests that were going on so it's all very uh very strange yeah when i was hired well, they actually had like a little bit of training about what to do with protesters and how to how to deal with them, how to not say anything to them. And I thought that was strange. I never saw any protesters when I was there, but I mean, I, I heard they were there at times, but I never saw them myself. Just in case, I I suppose you mentioned two divisions. Which of the two were you working for then? I was working the Roundup division, doing research right. for them. So the the Roundup division were the ones that were causing the a lot of the problems, weren't they? Rather than the the GMOs were being protested, but the the glycophosphates and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that was my take on it. it I, I always thought of anything like I didn't think the GMOs. In my own opinion, I wouldn't think the GMOs would be the problem. It was the chemicals applied to them, you know? And when they created a GMO, they almost certainly were sprayed with Roundup. You know, I always thought I thought the Roundup was the problem. But yeah, people afraid of genetic modification more it seems like i mean if you don't mind me asking some of these things i mean just tell me to back off or whatever if you want me to but so what was your actual role then when you were working for in that in that in that division i was a pilot plant operator i operated experiments in their pilot plant and the uh, i worked underneath a research engineer actually a few of them whenever they would want to do an experiment that was they had their own labs 
in like the research, the engineers building, but I worked in W building, which was the pilot plant. And anything that was over five gallons or anything that was dangerous, they would test it in W building instead of the labs where everyone was working. So I would, when I first started working there, I was testing membranes for filtering a waste stream. And I did research with catalysts, testing their catalysts, testing the stability of them, running them over and over again. And I did a few different things, kind of just whenever an engineer would want to test something, they'd come down and find one of us and we'd run an experiment for them. And I'm taking it, I mean, this is my, my outside perception and what you're saying here kind of fits into this, is that um, you could you could have been working for any company, couldn't you? By the, by the sound of it yeah it, it wouldn't it doesn't the fact that it's got monsanto on the over the door is neither here nor there you know a lot of these chemical companies they all work the same they've all they've all got their work to certain regulations and and whatever else yeah the the uh, building that had all the engineers and the management in it it had uh, a big section of it was just pfizer a different company like in the building that used to be part of monsanto but now it was a different company so it's like and, and the whole time i was there monsanto was trying to sell off their roundup side and it was like to me it just seemed like just names like the names could change and it wasn't you know i guess like you're saying just it's just a company just the names changing i mean it's not like the same evil family you know year after year <laughs> so as they call it what is monsatan is this some of these documentaries that that I've seen, and, and to be honest, I just think it's so taken out of context, a lot of this stuff in the app realm, it really is. And I don't think it's, unless you've worked in industry yourself, which I obviously have, is is you actually understand a bit more about how things actually really work and, you know, what's really going on out there. Having said that, you know, there obviously is, there is some lines that Monsanto themselves actually cross. And um, it's funny, you, you mentioned Pfizer. They're the people who... Um, Aren't they the ones who who do the aspartame? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So obviously there's a the tie in there between aspartame and Monsanto then. Yeah, there, there's actually a plant up here where I'm in kind of northern Illinois now. I, that was down in St. Louis. I'm in northern Illinois now, and there's a bunch of people that work at a place making that sweet and low or aspartame or whatever it is, and they they say they work at Monsanto, even though it's a different company now, but they keep referring to it as Monsanto. So I don't know if they invented it and then sold it to, to just 100 different people. Oh. I've got to ask you, do, do you drink anything with that stuff in? No, no, never. <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with my time there, though. I just think it tastes like crap. I like real sugar. It, it's pretty awful, isn't it? That's uh, is it wood out? Al- it's supposed to turn to wood alcohol in your inside your stomach or something. That's bar time. It's disgusting. I just, I've never had an artificial sweetener. I thought they tasted good. I mean, I think they all taste like crap. I don't know. Oh, yeah, even that uh, that new one, that steviol. That well, say new. It's 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 been out a while now. Even that steviol stuff, the natural one, that tastes like shit as well. It's yeah. awful. So when you were doing all your um, your plant experiments and things like this, were you all suited up to the max? Did you have to wear certain kinds of gear or whatever to protect you from whatever you was doing? No, I mean I ran reactors that were like closed systems, pretty much, and I. You know, I, I didn't have to be suited up. I'd have to wear, like, face guards sometimes if there was a splash hazard or, you know, always wear nitrile gloves. But I, I I was exposed to a lot of Roundup, actually. I was sort of careless back then. And I believed what they said where it just breaks down in dirt, you know, breaks down really quickly and, like, it's not poisonous. And I believed them. Like, that was, that was a while ago. I was kind of more naive back then, I guess. So I hope 
ground up as a toxic because I I was exposed to a lot of it. The thing is, is I mean, did it actually was you was it skin exposure or was it in what what do you? Yeah, there were yeah there was skin exposure. Like yeah, I wouldn't always wear gloves and stuff. It, I was kind of careless back then, a lot more careless around chemicals, and I thought of it as being harmless, you know. There's one interview I saw the, with a Monsanto representative, and he sat there and, and was saying that, uh, you know, he would actually consume glyphosate because it was harmless to human health. And then the interviewer, interviewer said he got a glass of it out the back, asking him to drink it. And he says, I'm not stupid, and ended the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that was that was the uh, that was like the opinion of it though. Like, yeah, you could almost just eat it. It's not poisonous. I mean, that was like sort of the, the atmosphere around it. It seemed like around the place. You know, from from one side, you got to think. Well, you know, what we're talking about here, we're talking about we're talking about like uh, weed killer, really, isn't it? Glyphosate. It's the main. It's so. Well, well, and when you, when they make it, it's they, when they make glyphosate. It's like glyphosate. So they uh, when they they make it, they use these platinum catalysts and it doesn't just make just glyphosate it makes like hundreds of different chemicals and you know it's a solution of just hundreds maybe thousands of different chemicals mostly glyphosate but then there's all these weird ones like ampa mampa they have all these acronyms for them so it's even if glyphosate itself was safe i mean there's hundreds of other chemicals in there too and i think of it too like it, since they're made with platinum catalysts these reactions wouldn't happen in nature these chemicals wouldn't be created in nature so it's sort of like unnatural chemicals really so who knows what they do to people i'm trying to fear monger but you know it's not just glyphosate and water in roundup yeah it's it's all the extra nasties as well formaldehyde was a big one oh well <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was one thing i had to get suited up well i didn't get suited up i'd have to wear a full face respirator because we used a lot of uh, formaldehyde in our reactions and stuff so i had to wear a full face respirator for that well that that's the other byproduct that's supposed to come from uh, aspartame is i tell you sometimes you, you, you do wonder so so how, how much of their shady history were you aware of when you were actually employed by the company or is that only really since that you've really come across all this stuff i mean did you know about agent orange when employed by monsanto yeah, when I was going through the hiring process, I, you know, researched them. I saw the Agent Orange and uh, they had a dump site, like I called it like a super dump or something like that, where they dumped tons of chemicals in like East St. Louis. There was a super fun site where they like, I don't know, they had to close it down and took all the dirt out of there or something. I can't remember, but I'd read there were a few controversies, but then that, by the time I was there, all that, all that chemical stuff, that was all sold off. So all they were was Roundup and GMOs. So it seemed the controversy was just the GMOs that people cared about. Got some of their, what? you call shady history or you look through it and a lot of the stuff is going back to the 1970s and obviously uh, the agent orange is back to the like the vietnam war isn't it so it's, it's more to, a lot to do with dow chemicals as well so obviously dow chemicals is one of their well dow's a big quite a big partner of monsanto i think they work with with them on the uh, the gmos as well so they've got like a, a bit of a tie-in with some of these other uh, german companies should we say I and mean, the other the other big one for me is the the polychlorinated biphenols the pcbs which again is in the in europe in in the the uk particularly we don't we never really come across much of this stuff to be honest it's always been more of a big thing made of it in the states and obviously they they were supposed to be causing cancer to animals and humans and all this kind of stuff but uh 
Yeah, I think PCBs, I think what they dumped in East St. Louis or something. I think I was contaminated something. I can't remember exactly the story. Well, the uh, the PCBs, is, I think they used a lot of the manufacture of PVC in coatings and things like this. You know, they've just been known to be toxic for years, to be honest, but they've been banned anyway, so been banned for a long time. So I know it's just, sh- it's just a shady history. I have spotted that they have been uh, caught putting stuff in, <laughs> put waste sites in the UK. So there was a, some quarry or something where they dumped Agent Orange and other heavy metals. 75 toxic substances that apparently they dumped in a quarry in the, between 1965 and 1972. And then in 2011, it says uh, that Monsanto agreed to help with the costs to uh, get rid of the waste. Estimated it was going to cost them about hundred million pounds, which is what hundred and fifty million dollars, something like that. It just goes on and on and on. Polluted pollution and polluted sites seems to be more the the thing with Monsanto. So, but the uh, the Roundup reaction when they make it when they make it, the glyphosate starts falling out of the solution, and as the glyphosate is produced, but eventually the solution gets exhausted, and at the end of the reaction, they're just left with this solution. It gets very salty. It's extremely salt. It's like very high concentration of salt and formaldehyde and all the byproducts. And uh, like I said, when I first started working there, I was working on a, a membrane separation for their waste stream. So this waste stream, what they have down in Louisiana, Luling, Louisiana, what they had before the membrane separation unit they just used to inject the waste stream out in the ocean to get rid of it it was like i forgot what they called it like deep deep well injection and i was like i asked my boss i was like what's that he's like oh they just send it about a mile underneath the ocean and dump it out and that's all that happens to it like they just pump it out to sea really far and (laughs) (laughs) so it was like and it was crazy how much how big that stream was i forgot i forget the numbers but it was a huge stream because i mean they only got a few roundup plants in america but uh so part of that first experiment thing that i was working on was using membranes to uh kind of let the salt water out it was using nanofiltration membranes to let the salt water out and reclaim some of the glyphosate but even that still it's dumping it i'm sure that waste goes somewhere probably the bottom of the ocean straight into the food chain straight into the food chain so, so uh, you know, all these years later, then are you more dubious about companies like this, or are you? Uh, what's your feelings now on on Monsanto? Because it doesn't. I don't seem. I'm not picking up from yourself that that it was um, an unpleasant experience or anything like that when you were working there. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and I think now that I'm older, I guess I have more of an understanding of manufacturing and businesses that they. It's just about making money. I mean, they're all basically the same, kind of. They all seem to work on the same principles, you know. I don't I don't see, like, companies anymore as being, like, having evil intentions, I guess. But a lot of that's changed because, like, after reading John's material about the evil elite, you know, that I don't believe there's an evil elite. And that also extends, too, to companies. Like, I don't think they're, they're just trying to make money. Like that comment you said, they're just trying to make money just like any other company. Just some companies, some companies happen to be very big, you know, and, Exactly, and I I totally agree with you, Nate. I, I don't I don't think that any of these companies are are intentionally um, you know harming harming anybody. But unfortunately, that there are there are some of the side effects of of the things they're doing because obviously it's all about that bottom line profit. That's all they're interested in. They really are. But I see like any company being like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. There's no, not, certainly any corporation and any of the corporations that, you know, it, all the employees are just a number. The, you know, the, 
the administration as well is just ridiculous. Yeah, I'd, it is. It's just all about money. It's not about anything else. And to be honest, everybody's so blatantly programmed. You know what I mean? It's it's like anything going on goes over everybody's heads anyway, doesn't it? It's a tough thing, isn't it? You know, I don't know if you've noticed that I play about with the numbers. and Oh, yeah. Monsanto in English, Demacia equals 666. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was rather amusing. I thought I'd just chuck it in there. So the ultimate conclusion, yeah for me is and and just like you said none of these companies are good or bad they're all pretty much the same and what else can you say to be honest the only thing i can say is is obviously by themselves uh, since they've bought monsanto realized that they needed to do a patchwork job and that's what they've been doing for the last couple of years since they bought them out so you mentioned that you'd worked in in other parts of industry was it was this quite related to the job you did at monsanto or did you move into like you know more different fields was you closely related yeah i just yeah i've worked in different things um i guess i worked in i worked in uh blood cow blood for a while making stuff out of cow blood uh like pharmaceutical type stuff then i worked in just heavy manufacturing where you're just making a uh, tile out of vinyl and limestone uh but yeah just a few different places i guess but it's all the same i guess like the way i see management running it's kind of just like you said not good or bad just all about money yeah it is so just uh, as a thought that cable that wouldn't be making that um is it meat glue is that what it's called they call it meat glue meat glue no no it's not that no <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've spot. Have you seen any anything on that uh, meat? I glue. think I vaguely remember something about that. Yeah, it's just when they take all the cuts of meat and then they put the put this powder on there that, and then they roll it, roll it up, don't they, into like a sausage, and then put it in the fridge, and then when they when the, when it comes out, it's basically turned into a prime piece of steak, or, <laughs> or, or rather, it isn't, but it looks like one. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. I was thinking something else. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's another one of those uh, another one of those tricks that uh, basically with all, with all uh, these corporations, isn't it? All they're doing is, is taking the, the cheapest thing they can and either extending it and minimum processing to it to try and make it into some kind of sellable product. So, uh, you know, this stuff with this meat glue is... Uh, is, is so obviously gonna gonna happen things like this it's uh, it's unbelievable yeah, it costs money to throw stuff away so the you know livestock industry doesn't want to throw anything away you know what i mean like that's what i think so if they cut open a cow and it's got all these tumors and cancer in it you know they just throw it in the hot dog vat you know like <laughs> that's that's how i see industry working oh you're gonna fill up the dumpster again you know it costs 50 dollars every time we dump that you know? It's madness, isn't it? Uh, it's, you know, when you when you see it, when you, you see what's you know, the thing for me is is that all these uh, at realm or conspiracy realm theories, there's some truth to to all of it. That, you know, there there is some that go it go is is going on in the background with all these things, but it's not quite how you know the somebody on YouTube is. <laughs> putting it to you you know it is it is really all about the money and the the profit margin and that's all it's about but i'm i'm quite shocked actually you hadn't you hadn't uh you didn't know about that meat glue realize how, how big that is in in the u.s no <laughs> i don't follow the news anymore i don't watch tv well neither do i to be honest <laughs> but apparently <laughs> but apparent apparently that it's uh it's like prolific through throughout the the meat markets so you know so all your shops and everything they're all, they're all selling these these steaks and and whatever that are uh, that are glued together that's crazy you're still there is it quite and did off now at the library 
Everyone took off and it's starting to get dark here. Is it? You got your torch? <laughs> no, there's some lights out here. I don't need lights to talk anyway. <laughs> True. So so what does your missus think you're doing at this time of night then or whatever you're doing here? Are you uh Ah, oh, missus is long gone. Is she? Oh, right. So you, you, you're not going to get dragged back home then from outside the library. That's a good uh, thing, I suppose. Oh, do you? No, I brought, I brought up drinks and snacks. Didn't know how long I'd be here. Okay. So I, I don't know if you want to touch on, on Leicester while, while we can. I'd, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I didn't come across Leicester until fairly recently, to be honest. And it's pretty obvious to me that yourself and obviously John LeBun are, um, uh, you know, big time watchers of uh, of Leicester Medium. I'd be uh, very interesting to get your thoughts on when you first come across him and things like this. So I don't know what you have to say. And, you know, he has such some big thoughts going on all the time. So Yeah, I came across Leicester. Let's see. I first went in the act realm. It was after watching Room 237. And they talked about the moon landing and Kubrick being involved in that. So I started looking at the moon landing. I became that convinced that was fake. So then I moved from that to, I think, the Boston bombing and the space station. I think about the same time. And I just started looking at all sorts of YouTube videos. And there was just garbage on the Internet. Just so much bad information. And I'd want to, I'd watch these videos and people would just be, you know, making these horrible points. And I was just getting frustrated. I just wanted to, you know, know the truth about this stuff. And then uh, I think it was probably with the space station. I think I came across Lesta. And when I found Lesta, I just started unsubscribing from everybody else because he was like the only person that was making sense, you know, like talking logically and focusing on proof. That was just a big thing Lester talked about was proof. And it's so simple. And that's what John does too, you know, focus on what's your proof. Yeah, I mean, John has said a number of times, hasn't he, that, that Lester really really was a big influence on him and also, you know, on, on the logic side as well. It's just really, really interesting to hear all this because obviously a, lo- a lot of Lester's old stuff as well is not available anymore, is it? You can't, you can't get hold of it, so... Yeah, that's why I wonder because if you've only been exposed to him lately, then you, there's, there's not that much of him out there still i mean he's got all his tweets but i mean there's so much of his stuff i wish he I, it was still up there like the numbers you mentioned the numbers that you do the numbers a little bit i remember lesta sort of criticized people about the numbers he wrote something about funny numbers i think it was and uh <laughs> about you know how you can see anything in the numbers and it's like sort of a a path to madness you know and i, I just miss i want to read that again i it's gone though you know like, man so much of the stuff he gets i was in the act realm for you know, I don't know been about five years now six years but for like three or four years i i think maybe three years i followed lesta he was like the only person i really engaged with or you know watched i didn't watch any of the flat earth never watched flat earth stuff jaronism all that crap i just focused on lesta and i was he had a google plus page it was me tearing down national park sign and lesta and it's like we were just constantly posted talking and replying it was like i had to have read millions of words by lesta i think it's, it's got to be millions got to be at least a million but it's just like i don't know forgot what i was talking about <laughs> it's it's really curious isn't it that he that he actually never spoke no i think that's i think that makes perfect sense i i from like the very beginning i knew like why he was doing this sort of like it was a tribute sort of to the lie system or like uh he was always gonna withhold proof of who he was just because like his whole thing was about the proof that you know if you don't have proof of something you'll never know you have to either speculate or just claim you don't know, claim ignorance. And with his identity, I thought of it as being the same thing. Like, he would never speak or reveal his identity. That way people never know for sure. All they can do is speculate or just give up, say they don't know who he is or she. 
it's quite strange to me though. I mean, obviously, what I have picked up on is that obviously Lester did spot things like the space station and stuff like this. But he still actually had a belief in space, didn't he? Is that, is that, am I right in saying that? So in, in outer space, he still actually believed that that, that that was a real thing? See, I don't really know if I've... I heard him talk so much about the space station, but I don't know if he... I can't... I don't know if he was ever saying space is real. He would critique, you know, the videos from the space station, how there was always these clever cuts and edits every, you know, few minutes or whatever. But I don't remember him ever saying, you know, about talking about space being real. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if you saw. I didn't know. Did JLB have a a bit of a a thing with him over over it? Yeah, him and JLB had a sort of a debate over whether outer space was real. That was when that happened. I was still believing that John was Lesta. So <laughs> right. I thought he was like pull my leg or like just do it. And I, I didn't, I felt uncomfortable reading it. So I didn't even really go through all of that exactly. And I don't know. It almost didn't seem like real Lesta. I, I don't know. It just made me uncomfortable. I I've, I like Lesta so much. I like John so much. I thought they're the same person and that them arguing together causing some sort of cognitive dissonance where I, I was like melting my brain. I couldn't even pay much attention to it. Now I just, I don't care. I don't care who Lester is. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just a shame that he's, he's, he or she or whatever is not, he's not doing the videos anymore. And it's certainly an even bigger shame that they've, they've, you know, all that work has gone because I certainly would have, I would have took the time to go through the lot. You know, and, and I, you know, with these tweets and, and whatever, I have gone back as far as I can reading reading this stuff. You know, just just the tweets themselves. You know, n- nearly every one that that's that's there. It, there's always a big big thought in it. And and for me, there's there's not there's not anybody out there really <laughs> putting anything out like that at all. There just isn't. So it's just a shame. Yeah, Lester's a genius, or he or she is a genius. The way they write, they just the writing is so perfect and he doesn't use extra words you know like he writes thousands and thousands of words he or she writes thousands and thousands of words and uh but there aren't just it's like not extra writing you know it's all like he was just lester was such a good writer yeah it's all compressed down isn't it into a a really bold and and sharp statement every time and the use the use of colors and all that as well I mean, you know, you picked up on that. I would do it. Was uh, had started doing that as well. So I'm just doing that as a as a bit of a tribute, to be honest, because I I just think it's and want it to. It's a pretty good idea as well. It does uh, highlight your points a bit. So I don't know, poor Lester, eh? Where's he gone? Where's she gone? I miss Lester, but I don't know Lester. Lester, like that, that was one thing I started getting frustrated with about Lester near the end was before he like disappeared and I switched over to John was like I was getting upset that Lester only talked about the lie system and the censorship of proof, sufficient proof. That was like he was like a one like a one trick pony or whatever. Like he he described it very good, but it's like he, I wanted him to speculate a little bit or I wanted him to draw inferences like how John will draw inferences from, you know, he doesn't know for sure, but he could infer things, whereas Lester would like never do that, you know, like, so I started, like, I wanted Lester to, like, expand and talk about more things, and it seemed like he never was going to, and then he wound up disappearing, and then I found John, and he talks about all sorts of shit, so sort of worked out, I guess, and he's kind of got the same basis as Lester with the focusing on proof, but I still miss Lester, he was such a good writer. You think that Lester had some kind of comfort zone going on there? I think that's what it was. So. I don't know. 
Well, if he's just playing a char- if it's someone just playing Lester the character, and Lester's just going to talk about the life system, then and he's got other characters. Maybe I don't. I I don't even know. I mean, he does. In you know, even in the tweets, he does go into like. Uh, like evolution theory and things like this. I suppose it's yeah, it's all still. I mean, uh, what what's your when you're saying he, he talks only he only goes on about the lie system itself. How far does that actually extend in in your in your mind? To be honest, where what do you think think of as the lie system? Is it just you know it's not just the media or the the education system. What 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 else, you know is it is it what are you what are you inferring there? <laughs> I guess I think. If- Primarily thinking about the media, all media, like the news, television, whenever claims are presented to the public in any sort of way, uh, that they always have proof, sufficient proof withheld. So the main claim you have to take on trust. I guess in in, in that sense, Lester wouldn't want to, or he wouldn't want to make, say this, I believe this or I believe that because there is never proof of things one way or the other. And he wouldn't infer anything either because it's like almost like he, he didn't want to ever be wrong or something or yeah or caught out proven 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 to be untrue basically yeah so i guess like sort of how he's like always on the fence with everything you know and it was kind of frustrating where it's like john will make inference he's inferring that history is a hoax i mean it seems to be you know he doesn't have proof just the absence of proof doesn't mean history is a hoax. Uh, you know what i mean like yeah I, I know where you're coming from I mean, is that is that where you where you're leanly sitting with the with the history hoax? So you're, it's the fact that obviously there's a, there's not just John. There's a number of us in there who've start who's been looking into history, and every every one of us who've looked so far at whatever we've looked at, you know, the, the, there's no primary sources at all. So you know, it's like you say, it's the absence of the primary source is how, how do you turn around the other way? It's it is literally the absence of it that, that where you're hitting the wireframe mesh so is that from jlb's side then is it what does that does that side of it of what goes on at the site not is that not so much interest you are there other things that you that you're more interested in more interested than what are you, say are, are there other things that you're more history stuff what what is it what is it that um that you you know you find of interest basically i like sync a lot but i have a hard time finding good sync material to consume um, i almost think i should start making my own maybe i really need to start producing stuff um, well, I'd, I'd be certainly interested in seeing some of that. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, there's a, there's a few members on the site, like uh, Permaculture Hill, who are really big into into sync as well. So there's all sorts going on there. But you're right, there isn't enough. And and the old sync team, or the old, you know, the the sync book creators, and even though they they are seeming to come a bit uh, in the forefront again of late, the the material it's few and far between. You're right. So. But that was a thing with uh, Lester too. Like he, he didn't he would talk bad about the numbers when I I swear I see stuff in the numbers sometimes. And then uh, like sync, he said what you know what use is sync if it can't make predictions? And he was so extreme in that way. Lester was that I'm glad it found it evolved into where I could watch John now. John, uh, I was getting frustrated with Lester. It's like he was just trying to teach one lesson and just focused on that one lesson about the life system. And like he would show how it applied to different subjects, you know, like the evolution or whatever. But it was basically him talking about the life system. Like even when he's talking about evolution, you know, he's saying that, uh, do you believe it because you saw proof yourself or because some experts told you and you trust them? You know, that's it's like he was always talking about the life system. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I get you. Get what you're saying here. So, okay. 
Oh, one one thing about Lester, I just I thought I had the other day when John John talks about it being like a computer program, and you know I kind of reject that. Like, when have have we ever have we met any other people that we dealt with, and oh, they turned out to be actually be computer programs, you know? Or have you? Why would we think that you know if that's never happened before? Why would we assume someone's a computer program? But if, the other day I was thinking about like, what if Lester was like a training program? You know, like almost, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but like, because if me and John and all these people learn these lessons from him and it's almost like in the Matrix when he, he gets this training program, all of a sudden he knows all this stuff. Like I, I have this memory of Lesta. It's like I, I've been trained in the life system. I don't know. Just if he was a computer program, it's like he was a training program for me or something. Well, you, you're, you're moving into uh, like the framework territory here, aren't you? And, and this actually goes... It almost plays into uh, JLB's, uh, was it conspiracy framework? <laughs> it is. So I, I, I like that. A training program. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, well, in, in Lester's, Lester's old lie system, he's saying that, the, you know, censorship, a sufficient proof is always censored for all claims presented in the media and presented on the news. And I remember asking him, like, who? So do they have like a room of censors that cuts out all the sufficient proof like just thinking how do they actually do that you know how do they go about censoring everything i know they control tv and they got all these local channels and they got it just and they got the internet it just seems like how would they actually censor all that so that was a problem i always had like especially after john's evil elite busting you know it, i'm like how are they censoring how is sufficient proof always censored in the media but now after reading joe alexander's chapter in the in the sync book too the blur it's like it just seems to me like it's a more of a natural phenomenon that proof is naturally censored from things presented to the public if that makes any sense like things are always presented in a blurry way that way people can imagine you know that's monsanto's a uh, slogan or whatever imagine they can imagine what story they want you know or they can imagine the proof instead of actually seeing it. And it's sort of like this world is a dream world and we're all dreamers. And that, that, that lie system, the way that Lester describes, like that's like a natural way that things are presented that allows us to dream. Because if it was showing proof all the time, like we wouldn't be dreaming. We, or we wouldn't imagine so much. We would just, I guess, kind of, I, I don't know. It just seems like I'm starting to think now that it's a natural thing and not like a global conspiracy to censor proof. Interesting. Really interesting thoughts these are. So what what do you see uh, the next 10, 20 years of, you know, where is it heading? I mean, obviously an awful lot of things have come out over you know i mean you say you you have been in the act realm yourself what five six years and you've obviously learned an awful lot of stuff and and your whole way of thinking has drastically changed obviously so where where do you see all this heading what do you think's gonna you know happen essentially it sounds crazy but i sort of like think we we're in re- living in revelation like that it's, when i went into the act realm i was just looking for conspiracies that are made by man you know like the moon landing we faked it to beat the russians or whatever like these little like you know just stuff that men were doing but it's over the years now and now with sync and joe alexander's chapter in the sync book and all the weird stuff that happens to me the shit that i see it it's like i'm convinced now that i'm like on a journey act realm is a spiritual thing it's not you know learning about these earthly conspiracies it's like a sort of like a path of ascension or whatever they call it like in the, i don't know that freemason stuff i don't know any of that but something like this is all being done so that we can pull ourselves out of a hole or something and it just seems like it's getting more and more intense as time goes on that i don't know maybe see there's so many normies and npcs though that people like npcs that it seems to me like everybody's waking up or at least i am or the people on this site are but i guess the masses aren't so maybe just localized groups are kind of ascending Uh, i don't know 
this is my kind of take on on what you're saying. So, so I I always put it back to nine eleven being a some you know some kind of ritual that that kind of seemed to have kicked this all off. Even though it, it didn't, to be fair, there was obviously people waking up before then. It certainly seemed to accel- all accelerate from that point on, and obviously you know more and more people, as you say, seem to be being made aware of of all sorts of things. But for me, like you said, the a lot of the normies. Whatever the no people on the street are still, you know, more zombified than ever. To be honest, the programming seems to be going the other way for those people. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, because with light, less is light system. Yeah, the proof is getting blurrier and blurrier. And like when they present us with claims, pretty soon they won't be showing us security cam footage. They'll be showing us cartoon, you know, cartoon representations of stuff. And it's. Sort of like his license to be like, we're all being trained to just not look for proof and to take things on. And it's like the license system is always pushing that envelope further and further. And I guess in a way, it's almost like pushing us into a dream world, maybe pushing the normies into a dream world, whereas it makes it just more and more obvious to people who have eyes to see. But I guess the masses just are getting more and more trained to be asleep. So maybe it's sort of like producing two different groups at the same time. So this this dream we're all waking up out of, or, or some of us are waking up out of. Do you, you say you're talking about it as a like an ascension for us, but is that ascension ultimately, you know, for the end of our lives or while we're actually here? What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I know it's pretty. I know it's pretty subjective to be honest in it, but it, these thoughts cross your mind, don't they? You know what I mean? You've got to be wondering what it's all about. You know, why? Why does Nate, yeah? Why does Nate see what he sees, yet all these people around him, you know, are oblivious or even worse, are fighting against it? You know, they'll, the cognitive dissonance goes into the, you know, to the extreme. What, you know, what's your your thoughts on that? You know, why why, why Nate? Why, why does Nate see these things and, and the other people around? What is it? I think... I think maybe I'm supposed to develop myself spiritually, maybe. I don't know. That's maybe one of my, one of my ideas, that I'm seeing this stuff, and I keep seeing it more and more, and, the, and, I, and I'm separating myself from public programming and all the TV and all that. And, and then when I come back and just glance at it, I see it even more. It's even more intense. And I just think maybe that I'm supposed to develop myself spiritually. Maybe, maybe I'm just using that as you know, maybe it's something to kind of prod us with eyes that can see, prod us into maybe developing ourselves or i don't know probably us to get us out of the crowd of npcs to do something maybe to be creators maybe i'm supposed to create something or develop myself spiritually i'm not sure maybe as a as an aware person as it were that j- just your your the awareness is is that you are creating anyway you're creating everything around you anyway so as an aware or, Whereas in the in the past, I used to think it was because I was supposed to wake everybody up. You know, like I, I could <laughs> yeah, see this, yeah. so I gotta wake everybody up. And maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe just it's been a all the tactics have failed up until now. But I just don't. I kind. I guess I've kind of given up on that. But I guess I can't ever give up completely because I'm still bringing shit up to my friends and my family and getting shot down and you know them talking crap to me every time. I still keep bringing stuff up. So I guess I haven't given up completely on other people. I, I don't think you ever will. I don't. I don't think that ever go. That'll ever go. To be honest, and it, it, there's always the hope, isn't there, that the, the, you're going to latch onto some subject with somebody you know, and and they're going to go, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying now. But uh, <laughs> it's not. Or they do. They do act like they know what you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And later on, you just realize they're just blowing smoke up your ass, just trying to agree to you, with you to be nice. Oh, damn it, you know. <laughs> Thought I had somebody for a second. It is It is pretty crazy, though, isn't it? When you when you take a step out and think what's, you know, what what, what is really going on for you, you know. I mean, it's it's like, I mean, you say about, you think it, or you thought it was your, might have been your job to wake everybody up. But then you, when you look into the parts of the at realm, and especially like like the flat earth and places like that, is where, where that, that's the one thing they're massive on, isn't it? That they've got to spread their truth to everybody. And they're doing, you know, they do all these, they have a little shows everywhere and the demonstrations and flipping, you name it, they, they're doing it meetups and everything else you'd have thought that they'd give up by now with some of the reactions that they get from, from people i just it's like to the extreme so i guess everybody everybody wants people to agree with them whatever people believe they want people to agree with them in a way i mean i do too i want people everyone to see the stuff i see i want people to agree with me it's like a natural human thing well, I have to say, and I know you obviously said that the sync stuff interests you. Since you've been a bit more active on JLB's site, I have seen a lot of the sync stuff that you've, you know, you've been mentioning syncs, haven't you, on and off for a while now. And uh, it is it is pretty interesting. And it's interesting to me as well that there only seems to be so many members of um, JLB that, that actually seem to to be into this kind of stuff as well it's it's not it doesn't seem to resonate with with everybody does it so the other day i was in a state of mind where i could see sinks really easily i don't know if, if you if you see sinks like sometimes you could see them easily and sometimes you can't i mean that's the case for me so it seems to be like seeing sync is like accessing some sort of some form of conscious level of consciousness hidden into tune some way and then maybe some people just can't ever really do that that's why i think maybe it's sort of like a spiritual type thing or uh, i don't know i think again so sometimes it, it does come down to a state of mind or a, even a state I, I hate to say it but even a belief in it even the fact that you're actually you know believing that the sink is a real thing you then tend to start seeing you know more and more examples of it keep coming to you the more you read about it the more you more you get involved in it it just keeps cascading so i, I know that's how it's worked with for me so yeah i agree with that yeah has, you have to have a belief first and foremost i guess because otherwise yeah you'll just make plausible explanations or just it's just a coincidence that is. but i look up the you know definition of sync it's a meaningful coincidence and i'm like well what does meaningful mean i mean what does that word <laughs> what does meaningful mean i don't know isn't that like subjective or i don't know well it is isn't it it is, yeah. it is subjective, to be honest. I don't know if you caught our uh, conversation on the um, the Titanic hoax and that book, the the futility book. Did yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. What were what were your thoughts on that? The the fact that this book is from you know almost twenty years before the Titanic supposedly sank. Do you think that think that's a? I'm not I'm not on the, of a mind that it was a sink. I'm of a mind that the book came first and. The Titanic was basically a hoax or some kind of spin-off hoax event. But then other people are thinking that it's actually like, a, you know, the Titanic event happened. and Like it predicted it. Yeah, and it, yeah. And it predicted it. What What are your thoughts on that one? My, uh, my first thought, I and mean, what I pretty much would go with, is that it was a story. That story helped some funny news writers, guys that make up the funny news. Yeah, I just gave them an idea, and they turned it into real news, you know, just something they published so, yeah, as a hoax, I would guess, but not for sure. I would think that instead of predicting it. Yeah, I th I think uh, I'm totally with you on that one, mate. 
totally, <laughs> totally with you. I mean, the one thing I was saying, so how many times I've read books, um, like older books, and and you know, they seem to you could say that they were predicting things from the future, you know, things like submarines and rockets and bombs and whatever else and it's pretty clear to me that the, <laughs> it was not predicting it it was actually writing it, <laughs> it was, that was it it was inventing it wasn't it like Arthur C. Clarke and his satellites so crazy stuff but what if it wasn't a hoax like what if it was a real thing and then that story put the idea in people's heads like sort of like if we're like in a dream universe you know like it gave people an idea for a dream and like in a way you know I don't know yeah it it then manifested into existence because of that seed of a thought in the first place again it's uh, that's going back you know the the creating can people or souls create reality so it's uh it's big questions and and only really subjective answers, isn't there, to things like that? There's just no proving it either way. Not really. So anyway, how, how dark is it by you now? Is it? Is it? <laughs> yes, it yeah, it's all the way dark now. Are that, the yeah. owls are hooting, are they? <laughs> no, no, I live kind of in a little city. No owls out here, really. The moon's out though. Looks nice. The moon. Whatever that. Whatever that is. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So is it a big town? How big a town is it you you actually live in then? Uh, it's, it's like three towns stuck together. I think about 30,000 people all together. 30,000? That's quite a lot. That's not, that's not a small place then, is it? Well, I live south of Chicago, so I always think of that. That's a city. I live in a small city. Town, town, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's a city. So the, the home of Prohibition? Yeah. Have you have you ever looked into that stuff, nice? Nope. Have you ever have you ever wondered what? Never never thought to. Cause you're in a prime location, aren't you, to to delve into some of that stuff about prohibition? Uh, just a couple of days ago, my friend of mine, he said, that there's this old farmhouse and it's got a fake wall. You push on the wall and it spins and there's a secret room behind it. And he's like, and there's a tunnel going to the river. And he's like, Al Capone used to use that back in the day. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stories like that. Like the, the mobsters came down here to, or about an hour south of Chicago. And it's a little more rural down here. And a lot of stories that all those mobsters had like hideouts down here. I've never looked into it. All sorts of things going on with, with that story about the uh, you know obviously you know why the prohibition of alcohol in the first place you know r- really what was that really about it's all always funny business with everything there always is no, no matter what you look at there's always some unanswered question that's going back to fuels and stuff like that there you go but nowadays i don't I, I less and less think that it's like a conspiracy you know like whereas before i think maybe it's a conspiracy by a few people to you know prohibit alcohol whereas now i think of it more of a group decision the group mind decided it for whatever reason i guess i'm less of a conspiracy theorist now as far as an evil elite do you still think though that again going back to jlb we're going to keep probably doing this all the time but obviously as this epsilon agenda it's obviously linked, really linked into like, you know, Brave New World and 1984 and the, the predictions made in them books and how they relate to how it is today. And I mean, why why you can sit there and say, well, OK, there's maybe not a, a you know, an all powerful elite that are, that are going to cause harm to us or whatever else or, or stop us having these conversations and things. There is clearly, you know, something going on to that, to that effect. And especially when you look at things like... Uh, Again, you know, this ultrasound and products like this that are clearly doing damage to people. And again, we're getting back to the, is this just down to profit and industry and whatever else again? But it's still, and also you've still got all these agendas as well that seem to be seem to be at play. I'm not saying agenda, whose agenda? But uh, 
you know, they're all tying in, into this brave new world type scenario. Yeah, I do see it playing out like that, but I, I don't believe that there's like an agenda by some small group. I think it more of just naturally playing out like that because of money or because people don't like to reflect, you know, on their own thoughts. And it just seems more of a natural thing to me. I don't know what, what you think about this, but it's quite clear that, you know, every, everybody is is going through the same system, aren't they? Everybody is programmed and it don't matter what, you know, what level of society they are. They are, you know, even, you know, the highest politician or the highest professor at any kind of university they've still gone through the same system and they're still they're still programmed to shit basically so to my mind going back years was it years ago you know going back to the 1700s 1700s and 1800s was something put into place then and it's just you know like a natural process now that's just carried on and the people that have set you know set it all up they're long gone dead and, you know, even if they've got relatives alive today with even a gleam of, of, of what happened back then, is that, you know, is it, is it just, you know, there's, there's no plan or structure. It's just like a natural involvement. So, you know, the system that we actually live in is it naturally flowers the, the way it's going. And, and it was seeded like that in the first place. Is that kind of your take? Is that what I'm, are you with me on that one or yeah? And, you know, yeah, yeah, I would say I would agree with that. I have some weird views. I sort of think we come from the future, and so the past is sort of like I think of just like a, a story we all woke up with. Kind of makes any sense of it. Yeah, I would say it's a natural thing. Either way, it's uh, not not because some small group. No, well, even even if it was a small group in the first place, there's there's certainly no small group, or it doesn't certainly seem to be a, a small group now. I mean, even even who you call the elites today, I mean, without doubt. The, the number one elite person in my mind today is the Queen of England. But, and it is a but, when you look behind the, you know, look into the paperwork, she's just a corporation. <laughs> so she's another company. So it's it's very strange. It really is. You can't really put your, your finger on, on these things. Interesting you're saying about time as well, going back, saying it might, going back to the, what is it? You're here now, but the, the projection of your past is is not real. Is that what, you, what you're thinking? It's, it's like just a... We, we come from like the future and we kind of got thrown into a labyrinth and like, yeah, the past is sort of like, I don't know, like, yeah, like a, a story we kind of all agreed on for this particular manifestation right now, today. Kind of kind of blurry on this. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, I sort of think the past is... Like in 1984, they say the past is constantly being rewritten. And, you know, people take that as like all this group, the government is taking history books and changing the words in them. Whereas I think the actual past and what happened is actually changing like every day. We, like every day we wake up into a new world, sort of, and the past is a different past. It's hard to say, isn't it, to be honest? Because, I mean, even if you totally objectively look at it, then, you know, the, the past is constantly being rewritten isn't it anyway so you so you have you know even like you know archaeologists and whatever supposedly finding whatever new findings they're finding a new bit of wood here <laughs> or something like that and giving it a new date and stretching the timeline back further and all this kind of stuff yeah to keep everything keep everything in line with the party whereas the, i think the party is not the government it's like the human collective consciousness or what everyone the public believes you know, like we're one one mind in a way like one giant forgot the word like eager gore something like that like a collective mind yeah big thoughts mate it really is i think i might start knocking it on the head i'm getting tired now mate it's 22 4 yeah now <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sorry about much for conversation. I'm sunburned, a little exhausted myself, and up all day. No, it's all right. It's been interesting, mate. Thank you, and and I really hope you uh, you managed to get yourself on uh, one of JLB's calls when I'm on there again as well. Yeah, I'll try to do that. I hope you you and the listeners get something out of this. Maybe something. And thanks for sharing your Monsanto stories and that as well. That's that's really good. You know, if there's one thing for me with the with the at realm and what I really hate is the is the you know the just the, the fear mongering bullshit. I, I just don't like that at all. It really annoys me. So so you know. One, one little uh, thing I remember when I worked at Monsanto was uh, my, the guy I reported to the research engineer. He said uh, Monsanto will never genetically modify a tomato or cucumber or anything that a consumer uses directly. He didn't really exactly explain why, but I was what I, I don't know if that would just make people more aware of GMOs or if then it would make them aware that you know they don't need Roundup ready tomatoes because people don't want to be spraying Roundup all over their tomatoes. You know they'd be like, oh, I don't want to spray Roundup on my tomatoes, and then they would get the idea in their head. Wait a second, we're spraying roundup on all our corn and soybeans is that a you know maybe that would make them aware of it so they that was a thing he said monsanto will never gmo something that's used directly by a consumer well that one that's actually a good thought anyway <laughs> for sure but obviously the the corn and the soy crops are you know they're they're heavily processed products aren't they so they're it's kind of like um they'll take them products and process them and and the the whatever chemicals that have been sprayed on them and whatever else is is going to be reprocessed into the into food so it's kind of like a hiding the trail isn't it of whatever's wrong to be honest yeah, or they feed it to cows and i don't know if that poison concentrates in the meat you know like the ddt used to with the birds of prey if you know them feeding that feed corn soybeans to cows and animals that make meat more poisonous yeah and we're going back to the caves getting tumors and whatever else and <laughs> <laughs> I try not to think about bad stuff like that. I, I think we kind of live. I think we live on a placebo planet, kind of. You know, if you think bad stuff, or you think stuff you're eating's bad, you're gonna get bad results. You gotta stay positive. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you on that one. It's always best to stay positive, but sometimes, sometimes you do come across these things, and you just think, well, so you have to put it into, you know, into compartment or a place in your mind, a shelf. You know, you can't. I don't. What I don't like doing is, you know, just totally disregarding stuff because you know it's it's not nice you know what i mean you've got to you've got to put it into context with what's going on and i think what we've talked about tonight about the you know how the corporations work and whatever pretty much puts it all into context for me it really does so so yeah thanks mate and uh, and i really hope we get to speak again mate so thank you very much thanks for having me brilliant it's nice talking to you i'll speak to you soon mate see you your name's andrew right it is (laughs) see you later mate